Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and open them to the book of Revelations chapter 1. I'm very excited to share uh, with you today on this incredible book. It's 22 chapters of some of the most amazing events that will take place in the last days. And let me just say this, as we get going here t- this week and next week, uh, if God creates in you a fresh desire, a new desire to learn more about prophecy and the book of Revelations, I want to encourage you to stay with that desire, find a good study, and learn as much and grow in as much wisdom and knowledge as you can about prophecy. Don't be like a lot of people who (laughs) the first time they read Revelations, man, they read about this beast and this dragon and these demons that were released that have been chained up for we don't know how long, and they go, man, I could never understand any of that. Boom, close the book, and that was it. They're done. And so I just want to tell you it's really, really an important book because it tells us a lot about what's going to happen in the future. The truth is the first time I read Revelations, I didn't really get hardly anything except just like, wow, that's just about all I got. You know, I just didn't really understand very much. But to be honest, the second time and the third time, and asking God for more wisdom and knowledge and understanding, asking the Holy Spirit to lead me as I read Revelations. In fact, I read it a number of times just getting ready to preach uh, these, these two messages. But I want to just say, stay with it, because Revelations 1 and verse 3, if you're there in the first chapter, says this, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and watch this, and keep those things which are written in it, For the time is near. So there's a special blessing that comes with reading, hearing, and understanding this incredible book of Revelations. So if this is your first time or your 50th time, I want to encourage you to stay with it. And you know, here's the thing about Revelations. As we move closer to the end time, whatever that may be, as we move closer, the book itself will begin to reveal itself in ways that we could have never understood years ago. How many of you realize that? In other words, it's becoming more pertinent and more pertinent as we move along with time. I, I, so I want us to pray this morning before we get going and just ask the Lord for understanding. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide us. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to share. I'm excited that so many people wanted to hear about it. They wanted to know more about what Revelations has to say and about the end time. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, would you guide and lead us this morning. Help us to receive as much as possible. And we thank you and give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. I love Revelations because it reveals so many amazing things about what will happen in the future. For example, what will happen to the nation of Israel? You know, Israel is very strategic to the Bible. It began there. It's it's, uh, flown through there, and it's still incredibly, incredibly strategic. The Bible says that God will protect the nation of Israel as many of their enemies come against them. In fact, how many of you know in one place it even says God will put a hook in one of the jaws of their enemy and literally jerk them back, whatever that means. But I do know this. It means that he is going to supernaturally and divinely protect them. Listen to this. See what you think. They're small, but they got a big, big God. Come on, somebody. (laughs) And that's important to know. What will happen to the church? Revelation reveals what will happen to the church. One of the greatest events that hasn't taken place yet will be in the future, whenever that takes place, the rapture of the church. And it is going to be the most incredible, in my opinion, event of human history because it could be, you know, we don't know when it'll be, but let's just pretend for a moment it was going to happen today, okay? So here's what it would look like. The graves would burst open. The dead in Christ would rise out of the graves. Those who went prepared for death and then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up with them in the clouds and the Lord will be coming and we'll meet him in the air and then we will ever be with the Lord forever and ever. Now that is an incredible event that's going to take place and Revelations has a lot to say about that. It also has a lot to say about what will happen to our society, our culture, our nations. It has a lot to say about that. The incredible hardships that our culture and societies will face in the future. Everything from famines, starvation, 
weather uh, interruptions. Man, when you see in Revelations, I mean earthquakes that shake this place. Big old hailstones falling out of, uh, out of heaven. I mean, really some crazy, crazy stuff. The, the hardships, the, destru- the destruction, wars, disease, plagues, and all of those kinds of things. All of that is going to be uncovered here in the book of Revelations as you read it. It reveals also what the devil's going to do. How he's going to, listen to this, y'all. He's going to set up his kingdom right here on planet Earth. And through the Antichrist, which is going to come, evidently ascending from hell, he's going to set up a kingdom right here. And then as a result of that, we're going to see incredible ugly, evil, wickedness like we've never seen on planet earth before. It also reveals what God is going to do. how, What he's going to do for the righteous. What he's going to do to the wicked and what he's going to do to the devil and his armies. It reveals uh, also how much time is involved here. When you read these 22 chapters, you need to try to keep in perspective that we're dealing with seven years only. And we're dealing with half of that, three and a half years, and another half, Three and a half years. That's very important to understand that as we go forward. So all of these things we could keep in mind. Now, I just want to say that with 22 chapters and all of these incredible things, where does one start? <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> I guess that's as good as place as any. I decided to try to help us and just try to break this book down today to what I believe is three of the most important things about the book of Revelations. If you haven't already reached and got your paper and notes or whatever you can write with, your phone, your iPad, whatever you're using, please do that. And there may be things that are said today that you want to ask questions about or things that are said that the Holy Spirit speaks to you about. And, and if you're like me, if you don't write them down, you'll, you'll forget what they are pretty quick if you're like me. And so jot some things down as we go along. Revelation, first of all, number one, this book, three things, three things that I want to talk to you about this morning. Revelation, number one, reveals to us who Jesus Christ is. Now that doesn't sound all that profound, but it is. No other book in the Bible tells us as much about who Jesus Christ is than the book of Revelations. And as a matter of fact, would you look at the first five words of verse 1 as this book opens up? And here's what it says. The revelation of what? What we're about to read is the most important thing you can understand about this book is this. This, even the name of the book declares it, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the revelation of who He is. This book is absolutely packed with the revelation of who Christ is And what he's going to do. Now, if you're one of those people who have said in the past, man, I can't wait to see heaven. You know, streets of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl, crystal river. I'm going to see the trees that bloom, all kinds of fruit, and the leaves are for the healing. But the most important thing I want to see when I get to heaven is I want to see my Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who died for me. If that's been you, I just want to say to you up front and right now, you have come to the right book because no other book in the Bible declares the glory and power and the greatness and the awesomeness of who Jesus Christ is than this book. Yeah, give the Lord a clap offering this morning. So let's look at a little bit of what it says about who he is. In, in, verse, in chapter 1, verse 12, Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. This is John writing to these churches and to who would read this book. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and girded about the chest with a golden band. Watch this, everybody. Verse 14. His head and hair were white like wool, 
as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet was like undefined brass, as it had been refined in a furnace. His voice as, as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars. Out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. And when I saw him, watch this, this is incredible. I fell at his feet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Wow. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. Watch this. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And if that's not enough, I also have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. (laughs) Woo. Now, that's a pretty amazing image. I told Andrew, hey, can you find us a picture of anything, anything like that? And he's like, not really. (laughs) Because that is just so incredible. But I do want to say this to everybody. Listen closely before we get going here. If you, listen, if you can keep your eyes and your mind on that image of who Jesus is, then all of the other fears that we may look at in this book, all of the other things that you might see that might make you afraid, when you see his power, you can know that no one can stand against that. When you see his authority, you can know that every knee will bow to him and every tongue will confess to God. Listen, when you see his love, you can know that he has got you. Give the Lord one more clap offering while I get some tissue. Sometimes when I read about Jesus, I just cry. <laughs> now, I don't know why, but I just do. When you see all of that, man, you just say, man, look, look, look at one more image. And there's so many of them, so many of them. That, and they're all, they're all just incredible. But let's look at one more before we, before we go on. Revelation. Who, who's this book about? Don't miss that. This is not a story about the ugliness of a corrupt world being thrown into the fiery furnace. This is a book about Jesus, y'all. Don't miss that. Revelations 19, look at verse 11. And I may have to get my assistant, my wife, to keep feeding me tissues up here. We keep looking at all this stuff. Verse 11, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him, Jan... Oh, yeah. He that sat on, she's a, she loves that white horse stuff, y'all. I don't know why. He that, thank you, baby. He that sat on him, check this out, was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. In other words, he doesn't do this in a corrupt way. Man, the king of kings and the Lord of lords only makes war in righteousness. That is so amazing. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head, I love this, many crowns. And he had a name written that no one except for himself knew. And he was clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And his name, oh, you got to love this. And his name is the word of God. And his name is the word of the living God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I am your fellow servants and your brethren. Let me just stop right there. That is an incredible verse. Pick it up at verse 11. And I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat on him is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and make wars. Look at this. His eyes were a flame of fire. His head were many crowns. And his name was written no one knew but himself. 
He was clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. That's us, everybody. Now out of his mouth went a sharp sword, uh, and with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Watch this now. And he had has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. And here it is. And Tina and I was a young we were young Christians. We went to see this movie with our church. And it was a movie about this young guy who got saved. And anyway, to make a long story short, years and years ago, at the end of this movie, they did that song, King of kings forever and ever, Lord of lords. You ever heard it? That's what this makes me think of. And he had a name. And you know what the name was? King of kings forever and ever. Lord of, that's exactly right. An amazing text. These are two of the many texts that reveals to us about Jesus. We see many, many more in the book of Revelations. We get to see, in fact, listen to this, y'all. In this book, we see Jesus Christ as the Lion of Judah, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, the one who sits on the throne, and a new song that our, our folks are singing. By the way, how about this band, everybody? Man, it's like having a concert every week, in my opinion. He's the one who wears the victor's crown. He's the conquering king, and on and on it goes. In this book, we get to see the amazing love of Christ how that he's prepared a place for you and me come on somebody how good is that we get to see his amazing love his amazing power that out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword listen he has the keys and when he unlocks it no man can lock it and when he he locks it no person can unlock that that's the Lord I'm talking about the king of glory we see the glory of Christ Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. On our knees we go, lifting and exalting the King of Kings. We see all of that in the book of Revelations. Friends, I want to tell you, this is the book of Jesus Christ, the one who died for us. And I'm going to stop there, but I don't want to. (laughs) This is the book of Jesus Christ. Number two. This is the point we're going to spend the most time on because this is the point that people really want to talk about. And if you're here today to say, what about all the things that are happening in our world today and how does that relate to the book of Revelations? This is where you probably want to pack in and stay. The book of Revelations also is a book about judgments that are coming on the world. And the worst kind of judgments at that. Judgments that are coming on the world. And I mean something like we've never seen before ever come on the world. Now, we have seen judgments before in the Bible. They're not new. But, but, but I'm going to tell you, we hadn't seen anything like we're going to see in this book. And, and, and typically what happens, why do these judgments come? Is God angry? Is he mad at everybody? Why did they happen before? Here's kind of what happens, everybody. So what happens is men begin to walk with God, and then they forget about God. They corrupt themselves. They move far away from God. They start doing everything that's anti-God, anti-Bible. Anti, uh, you know, and then what God, he finally gets enough and he judges them. And then he kind of starts all over with somebody else, right? And then they kind of start all over again. And so, and then you, what happens to those people? Well, same old, same old. You know, they start walking with God. And then next thing you know, they forget God. And then the Bible says in some places that men's thoughts and their actions were so corrupt that that's evil was all they ever thought about continually. So we see this kind of thing going over and over again. We see it with Noah, Abraham, Christ, the church, him starting all over with uh, entities like that. And we see him judging the world, different kinds of, 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 of judgments. The flood, anybody remember that gigantic that's where water came on the earth, you know, for Sodom and Gomorrah, fire, Egypt, the ten plagues, and we can just go on and on and on. We're not going to spend a lot of time on the past. We're going to talk about what's happening in our world today. And by the way, in, in the last day's judgments, how many of you recognize that one, one of the things that he does is he compares the days of Noah to the, the, the judgment of the coming of the last days? 
As it was in the days of Noah, the Bible says, so shall it also be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, why does he make those comparisons? Well, he draws this out when he says that, that people will be lovers of pleasure. They'll be doing their own thing. They'll forget about God and all of those kinds of things. So what we see is a typical breakdown of the society again and again and again. But this time, it's going to be a little bit different because these are what we call the final judgments. In other words, the whole thing is coming to a climax here in Revelations. It's all coming to a conclusion. And we're going to see things on a scale and on a level that we've never seen before. In the words of my friend David Call Morgan, he said, the most of what I know about Revelations is this, I don't want to be here when it starts. How many of you can concur with that? And then last night as my wife and I were talking about this incredible book, she said to me, she said, you know, you don't want to make the book of Revelations scary but it's scary. How many of you can agree with that? Yeah. So here's what I want to say one more time. Keep your eyes on Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward to whatever is coming, whatever is going to happen in the future, whether we're here during those times, whether we're not. I just want to say the only way a person can walk through the craziness of a society who's rejected God is to keep your eyes on Jesus and walk and talk with him. Let's, let's get a little taste of what, yeah, give the Lord a clap offering. Let's get a little taste of what these judgments are going to look like. In, in Revelations chapter 6, and by the way, for those of you who can't get enough of Jesus and you want to go home and look at it some more, man, when you look at Revelations chapter 5 and you start around verse 5 and you start reading in there, man, it is like some of the best stuff. What is, is, is an incredible picture of the angels. And here's what the angel says. He said, hey, stop weeping. Stop weeping. One has prevailed to open the seals. One has prevailed. Here he comes, and John looks, and he goes, oh, my goodness, I saw him, and he looks like a lamb that's been slain. And he looks like a lion, too, who is conquering. I want to tell you, man, if you can't get enough of Jesus, you just need to go through this Revelation book, and you'll just be going, man, 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 man. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I said I'm going to stop a minute ago, so I'm going to try. But chapter 6, I want you to see a little taste of what these judgments are going to look like. And let's begin in verse 1. And I saw a lamb. That's the Jesus that I was just talking about. The one who prevailed to open the book. He opened one of the seals. And I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud, like thunderous voice, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, everybody say the second seal. When he opened the second seal, I heard a, the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people would kill one another, and that there had given to him a great sword. I want to just say something about this right here. Please do not get confused about what's going on in our society now and in the future. All of the havoc and the uh, ugliness and the killings and all of the other things, these are really not human things that we would be doing. These are demonic, demonic times, demonic things, demonic sources. I just want to say all of that is coming up from hell and it will increase. So we have to prepare ourselves for those kinds of things. Anyway, go on. Verse 5, he opened up the third seal, and I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it, watch this now, had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard the voice in the midst of the four creatures saying, A, a, a quart of wheat for a denarius. And my Bible said a, a, a measure, and it was for a penny. But most of your Bibles are probably going to say for a day's wages. So there's going to come a time where basically you work all day just for barely enough to eat. That's what the point of the text is here that we're looking at. And he says, uh, quart of barley for a denarius, do not hurt the oil and the wine. And he opened the fourth seal, and I heard a voice of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. And I looked in a pale horse, and the name that said on him was death and hell, or Hades followed him. And power, watch this, y'all, power was given to them over the fourth part of the earth. Somebody say a fourth part. 
I want to point this out now in case I forget because I get to go on and miss stuff. But here we see that a power was given over to this rider of the horse to kill and to destroy a fourth part of the earth, a fourth part of the people, a fourth part of the trees, a fourth part of the water, a fourth part of everything. In a few minutes, what we're going to look and see in the next judgment is the same power was given to another uh, person or the rider or the one pouring it out was given a third part. So you have a fourth part here, and in a few minutes, it'll be a third part. When he'd opened the fourth seal, I heard the, uh, the fourth living creature saying, Come and see, and behold, a pale horse, and the name, this is verse 8, set on him was death and hell, and over him was given a power of the fourth part of the earth to kill by the sword, hunger, death, and by the beast that were loose during those times. Let me make a few points here, and please home in with me. Don't get lost here. The first of all is this. When we start reading about these judgments, the most common questions that we're often asked as preachers is, hey, aren't we as the church out of here? Aren't we going to be out of here at this point? I mean, we're reading about some stuff, man, like David said, I don't want to be here. Aren't we going to be out of here? Well, I sure hope so. But what I'm going to say is very, very important to you, so please don't miss this. The tribulation is a period of how many years? Seven years. Broken down into two, three and a half year periods. And according to the Bible, a host of events will take place either during or just before the beginning of the tribulation. I'm going to give you some examples. Here's be a good thing to write down if you could keep up or just go back and listen to the message again. I forget we have such availability today. You don't even have to take notes. You can just go back and listen to it 20 times, right? Let me give you some examples of this. And these are some of the things going to happen either in the seven years or prior to the seven years, right up to it. An evil leader is going to come forth and rule a number of nations, and he's called who? The Antichrist. He's going to rise up, and he's going to become a leader in our world. He's, he's going to have power to change customs, the Bible says, and times. And listen to this, and nations will give their power over to him because they're afraid of him, and they say, who can stand against this one? So there is a leader who stands up and he makes all these changes and he gets all of this power. And I just want to say that that's probably going to take a little time. The second thing I want you to see is the world moves into a one world economic system. Right? And the Antichrist controls the system. And that's why if you don't take the mark of the beast, you're not going to be able to buy or sell under this system. So the mark of the beast will either forbid you to buy if you don't have it, or if you do have it, it will allow you to be able to purchase during this period of time. That's a very scary part of Revelations to me, especially when my kids were little. The little they were, the smaller they were, rather, the more scarier that was to me every time I read it. But nonetheless, how many of you know right now our economic system does not provide the venue to be able to do that? That might take a little time. However, Tina and I was talking the other night, and I said, hey, uh, somebody sent me some, uh, some money on a cash app for their rent. And so I said, isn't it amazing now that uh, this person sent me this money, I put it in the bank automatically, I take that money and I pay a bill with it automatically, and I never touch any currency. Does that scare anybody other than just me? I mean, is it really mine if I don't get to hold it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is it really mine if I don't get to touch it, if I don't get to cash it? i tell you how I feel about money. One time, one time we went and uh, we sold a house, and by the time we paid it off and everything, we had $90,000 left. And I said, let me have it in big bills. I always wanted to say that, right? I'll take it in big bills, right? Tina said, if you lost your mind, I said, probably. And I said, let me have it. And I packed me a suitcase. I knew I'm a little briefcase. And I said, I'm going to see what $100,000 looked like. And I took it home. But I had it in my hand. It meant something to me. Nowadays, they wouldn't even do that. In fact, if you know this, if you go down to your bank and you say, I want to draw out $10,000, said, be three days. I said, hold up. That's my money. How many of you recognize that the system is changing? It just hadn't changed yet. But it is changing from what it used to be to whatever is coming. I don't know what that looks like. The third thing I want you to recognize is, is that a one world religious system is coming. How many of you know Satan always wanted to be worshipped? 
from the very beginning where he tried to take the throne of God. And the Bible said, I saw Satan is lying to fall from heaven. And Jesus said, behold, I give you power over him. Come on, somebody. Well, anyway, he was cast out then. He's not, he wasn't going to be worshipped. He came to the earth. And his number one desire above all other desires is to get as many people to worship him. He's on some kind of ego complex, I'm going to tell you right now. But that is true. And so even, you remember in Babylon they set up an image. The book of Revelation explains that this is going to go to such a level that they're going to set up an image of the Antichrist. And then the other false prophet, the one part of the Trinity. So you got the dragon, you got the Antichrist and the false prophet. is going to make everybody worship his image. And if you don't, guess what? That's what's going to happen. So how many of you know that might take some time because I'm not willing to do that right now? Anybody else? Okay, so that may take some time. I'm, I'm coming to a point. There's a treat, peace treaty that has to be signed that will be broken in the middle of the three-and-a-half-year point. There's a temple that needs to be rebuilt. That's going to happen, and that may take some time. So all of these things may take a little time at best. And so I'm drawing you into a point. So how many of you can see that there is going to be a lot of moving in that direction before we actually get there? Are, are you, did you stay with me through all of that? There is going to be a lot of moving in that direction before we actually get there. In other words, before the final seven years, a lot of things like our economic system and others will begin to take shape so that you can literally see what is coming on us. In other words, let me say it one more way just to make sure you got it. I want to say it like this. The evil that is coming will begin to take shape long before the seven-year period. I brought this funnel to illustrate this point better. It's not what I wanted exactly, but it will do. Would you do me a favor? And I want you to picture this funnel more like a hurricane. Okay, so in a hurricane, it goes like from here to here, right? So it's, it's a funnel. But funnels don't work like that. So anyway, let's say for a moment. Now, this, if there's anything that I'm going to say to you today that is super, super important, this is it. I put a little black mark to describe where the seven-year period would be on my funnel. Okay? So let's just say for a moment that here's where the tribulation starts. Right here. What I want you to understand and see, let's just say we're up here somewhere. Before we get to here, we're going in the funnel. Jesus called this period of time in Matthew 24 the beginnings of sorrow. He said the time is not yet, but this is the beginning. In fact, I want to read it to you. It says, uh, put it on the board for us if you would, Andrew. And Jesus answered and said to them, look, if you wanted to underline two words, these would be the two. Take heed. Take heed that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying I am the Christ and will deceive many. You will hear of wars. Thank goodness we don't ever hear about anything like that, right? Rumors of wars. See that you be not... Come on, church. See that you be not troubled. All, and by the way, this, is not, this list is not all conclusive. It's just a small piece. All of these things must come to pass. But I want you to say these next few words with me. But the end is not yet. All of these things will come to pass, but the end is not yet. So if you combine what Revelations along with Matthew 24, what it says, here's what the picture that you get is something like this, okay? You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. There's going to be famine, disease, pestilence, earthquakes, and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of death. If you look back to Revelation 6 and verse 8, a quarter of the population dies. And then in the next judgment, a third. Now, I don't know how many people there are right now. I know there's over 7 billion. But here's what I want to say to you right now. Listen to this. 
I'm speaking, uh, what we're going to talk about, it's possible that we have just witnessed with our own eyes on a very small scale of what this may look like in the future in Revelations on a very massive scale. And what I'm talking about is COVID. In the last two years, we have witnessed, according to the statistics, which are probably incorrect, six million people died from COVID. One million people in America alone. Six million people in the world. Now, I don't know if you remember two years ago, a pretty long time, but in the beginning, here's what happened. Funeral homes closed and said, we don't know what to do with them. We don't know how they're infected. We don't know what, you know, to say. Bodies were laying in the, in the buildings and some even out in the street. In a process of two years, six million people died of a disease. And we didn't know how to, we didn't know what to do. We shut down our schools. We shut down our stores. We shut down almost everything. Can you imagine if one catastrophic event of Revelations chapter 6 or chapter Chapter 8 took out 2 billion people in one response. We're talking about 6 million, 2 billion people. So we may have just witnessed a very small taste on a very small scale of what's going to happen in the future on a very big scale. Think about it. Incredible. When you think about it in terms of that, now the side effects of COVID, our government and news agencies are predicting food shortages, famines for poor countries in the very near future and here at home. Believe it or not, I've been following this best I can. I told some of the people that I'm working with, man, it's looking bad. But anyway... On the way to church even today, the radio said that there is an imminent food shortage coming to our world. That's what they said. I didn't make that up. Over the last several months, here's what, let me just tell you what the news reporters are saying so you don't think this is me. And you, If you've been listening to the news, you know exactly what I'm telling you. They said that because Russia and Ukraine are in war, they're not producing the amounts of wheat that they should, should, would produce and exports. Therefore, that's going to create a problem. India is under a massive heat wave, and America farmers are facing drought, fertilizer shortages, and shortages of workers to bring in the crops that they do have. And it looks like, in their words, not mine, it looks like the same kind of shortages that we have experienced in toilet paper, baby food, and other items, we will experience food shortages in the very near future. Those are not my words. Those are what the news media, how many of you know the President of the United States on multiple occasions has told you you're going to experience food shortages? I don't know if you were listening, but it came right out of his mouth on multiple occasions. Now, let me just say this. I want to stop right here and applaud our pastor and board for listening to God to build this heart center. I just want to say, give the, give the Lord a good praise and, and thank God for good leaders. Come on, everybody. Hallelujah. I just want to say that the timing is impeccable. God is all in this building because they're going to be storing food and feeding hungry people, storing blankets and storing all the stuff that people might need in a catastrophe. And I believe there could never be a better time for that that is going on. I also want to salute and applaud every one of you who sacrificially gave to make that dream become possible. Listen, God is in it. He put it on your heart. You'll never regret it. Give a, give a good applause for everybody who so sacrificially gave. Amen. Whatever is coming in the future, God is already ahead of us. Look, if what I'm saying right now is making your skin crawl and making you nervous, let me just say, remember the, remember the one we looked at in the beginning? <laughs> you just keep your eyes on that big guy. He knows where we're going, and he knows when we're going to get there. 
And he knows what we need to do in the meantime. Come on, somebody. You keep your eyes on Jesus. I do want to say wisdom is needed every step of the way, however. I was thinking about this last night, and I'm not trying to scare anybody. That's not what I'm here for. If I keep going, I may not even get to preach next week. Who knows? (laughs) But during a drought in Israel, times got so bad that even the prophet of God didn't have anything to eat. A little widow and her son went out to fix their last meal. Prophet was coming by. He said, fix it for me. You know what she concluded? Pretty amazing. She said, well, that's just one less meal before we die anyway. I guess we'll do it. She fixed him a meal, and the Lord supernaturally never let her meal or oil ever run out. I just want to say... God is in control of everything, but it was ugly in Israel. I don't doubt it's going to be ugly in the future, but I know one thing. We have a great, great God. And that great God makes me cry sometimes when I start talking about him, but I just love him so much. So we see that this is a strong possibility. We may have seen a small piece of what will be a much larger problem in the, in the near future. <clears throat> now, I want to say something here, too. I don't know if we are at the beginning stages of judgment on this, wor- on this world or more specifically on our country, because that's where we live. I don't know if we are under some, the beginning stages of judgment in this world. But I do know this. We are a nation out from under the blessing of God at this time. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? The Bible says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I do know what a nation that is blessed looks like. And I do know what a nation that is not blessed looks like. The Bible says... That a nation that is blessed by God will be the head only and not the tail. That we will be lenders only, not trillions in debt. That we will be above only and not beneath. Not broke, not killing each other, not immoral and not divided by race. I do know that. That this nation is not under the blessing of God at this moment. Because we as a nation have walked out from under the blessing of God. Would to God we could walk back under the blessing of God. Because in our lifetime we have literally seen the scripture that pastor used over the last few weeks. That says in the last days people will call evil good and they'll call good evil. You know it's almost been like people have been blinded. They're just totally blinded. They can't see what they're doing. And every step leads to their own demise. I I shake my head all the time at the stupidity and the ignorance of evil. Can I say this again? What's going on in our world, you need not punch your brother in the face. It's demonic. It's right from hell. It's calculated. He's going to set up his kingdom on this earth and he needs people he can control and lead. It's demonic. It's demonic. That's what it is. Anyway, all of these things you'll see coming to pass. And we have seen many of these things in the last days, it says these things. Well, let's move on. Wow. You want to keep going? Hey, it's just today and next week. (laughs) How many of you could give up a little time? Can I keep going? All right, Pastor, thank you. Look at the next one. Revelations chapter 8 and verse 6 says this. So the seven angels who had this, this is the second set of judgments. Not the same one. The second set of judgments. Verse 8. The second angel sounded Something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, and a third part of the sea became blood. 
Third part of the living creatures in the sea died. Third part of the ships were destroyed. The third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven, burning like a torch. It fell on the third part of the rivers and the springs of water. And the name of the star was Wormwood. The third part of the waters became Wormwood. Many died from the waters because they were bitter. The fourth angel sounded and the, and the sun was struck. Third part of the moon, third part of the sun, third part of the stars. Can you imagine the catastrophe that this would bring? I looked and heard another angel flying and said, hey, that ain't nothing. Whoa, whoa, whoa to these next three. I don't have time to go into those next three. But when you get a chance, would you read those? Turn to the next series of judgments. Uh, Revelation 16, verse 1. I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seven angels, Go pour out your bowls. A whole nother set of judgments of the wrath of God on the earth. The first one poured out his bowl on the earth. And foul, loathsome sores came upon men who had taken the mark of the beast and those who had worshipped the image. The second angel poured out his bowl in the sea. It became blood as dead men, every living creature in the sea died the third angel poured out his bowl in the rivers can you imagine now we have part of the ocean part of our drinking water part of our men part of the country part of where everything has been destroyed as a result of this series of judgments let me keep going revelations 20 read the rest when you have time revelations 20 this is an incredible thing you are going to see in this next set of scriptures that the judgment of sinners is about to take place revelations 20 verse 11 and i I saw a great white throne, him that sat on it from whose face the earth had fled away and there was found no place for them. Look at this, everybody. I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were open and another book was open, which was the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. And look at this, y'all. This is incredible. The sea gave up their dead who were in it. Death and hell gave up their dead who were then. And they stood before God and they were judged every one according to their works and then watch this verse 14 the death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life were cast in there with them this is not a fairy tale listen this may be mocked by society in the world but i want to tell you one day they too will stand before that guy that we looked at in the beginning whose eyes were a flame of fire and his feet were like fine brass and when he spoke it was like many waters and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Listen, don't you ever duck your head because you stand for something, because you stand for Christianity. Don't you ever look back because you're carrying your Bible and somebody's making fun of you. I'm going to tell you right now, listen, Everyone will stand before Jesus. Everyone will stand. And if your name is not written in that book of life, I'm going to tell you, you have got a terrible, terrible place prepared for you. That is just um, unbelievable. The book, this, this is a book of prophecy revealing Jesus Christ. It's a book of judgment. Let me try to conclude. Finally, Ben, would you guys come, prayer partners? It is a book that reveals events that will take place in the end time y'all we started started in revelations one let's go back there come on band prayer partners don't wait come on up here and help me please we started in verse one now everyone else don't get distracted watch verse one again here's where we started you know i'd hate for you guys to go out of here and say man we got to verse one <laughs> but we're back but we're back revelations one the revelation of who Look at the rest of it. Which God gave him to show his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Wow. Finally, this is a book that reveals stuff that's going to come to pass in the future. Amazing. You know, Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10 says this. Would you put that up there? Remember the former things of old. For I am God. There's no other. I am God and there is nobody like God. Now check this out. He declares the end from the beginning. Now if I would have said that, I would have said I declare the beginning to the end. But look at what he said. I know the end just like I know the beginning. And from the ancient of times, the things, check this out, the things that are not done yet, saying my counsel will stand and I'll do what pleases me. Listen, this book declares 
the rise of evil times, the rise of an evil leader, the rapture of the church, the protection of Israel, thousand-year reign, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem coming down, the destiny of the devil and his angels and his people, the beauty of heaven, God's throne, and so much, so much, so much more. Amazing book. An amazing book. I want you to stand with me for just a minute, if you would. Bow your head and close your eyes for just a minute. If you can, would you stay with us for just a second? We're not going to be long, I promise you. In closing, I want you to bow your head and close your eyes, if you would, please. Just in honor of this moment. Listen, I want to ask you a very simple, simple, simple question. Is your heart right with God? If you stood before that King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now, are you what you want to be? Are you spiritually where you need to be? Or would you like to change some things? Because you can by allowing Him to help you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're not where you want to be with God, I want you to just lift your hand right where you are, and I'm going to pray for you right there at this minute. Father, I don't know how many hands that are lifted in this building right now, but you know the name and the number of hairs on their head of every single one of them. And they're just saying, you know what? I'm not where I need to be. In fact, I've gotten out of focus on what's important in my life. I pray for them, God, that you would do something supernatural and powerful in their life today. You can put your hand right back down. Thank you. I ask you that if you're not where you want to be with God, to lift your hand just a moment ago. Now, I want to say this, and this is the last thing. If you really want to change, if you really want to change, I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are right now and make your way forward. Many hands were lifted. How many of you really want to change today? If you do, step out. Come on. These, you, don't, you don't have to come to them. They'll come to you. But if you see somebody you want to pray for you, just come on. Come on. Come on. If not, just stand right here as you come to the front. They're going to move around, and they're going to pray for people. Many people lifted their hands a few minutes ago. Let me ask you this. How many of you want to change today? How many of you want change in your life right now? You say, hey, I don't want to go out of here like I came. I want to be changed today. Father, I just thank you for those that are coming and those that are going to be coming in just a moment. Hallelujah. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you speak to every heart, every life in this building right now in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Speak to us and let us, let us, let us follow the direction of your voice. And we ask you and we thank you for it right now.